And now it's time for the Jambalaya with the Kingfish. The Jambalaya is sponsored by Guns and Gear, a proud sponsor of the Mississippi Scholastic Shooting Program that provides competition events for high schools across the state. Bring your student's gun to Guns and Gear for custom shotgun fittings, repair, and even complete restoration. They can adjust the length of the pool for your kids as they continue to grow. Guns and Gear, located on the corner of Yandale Road and Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. Follow them on Facebook for daily deals. This is the Kingfish, and thank you for tuning in. Today we are going to interview Mr. Don Barrett. Mr. Barrett, for those of you who don't know, is a very well-regarded attorney, although he wouldn't tell you that. He is currently representing a group of farmers in the Express Grain Terminals fiasco up in Greenwood, Mississippi. As you know, we started covering this a few weeks ago on the website. There is a grain elevator, major grain elevator operation up in Greenwood that, let's be honest, it failed. A lot of farmers had shipped in their crops. They didn't get paid for their crops. Guess what? A lot of those farmers have liens on their crops from banks. So it's not just the farmers taking hit, the banks are taking hit as well. Give them a synopsis of this case. Okay. Uh, in, in, for the last several years, uh, Express Grains has been in financial difficulty. This is what we, let me say, preface all of this. Everything I'm going to say is this is, this is what we believe. This is what we have been told mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, we, this is what we think the evidence will prove. And when we say Express Grain, we're talking about Express Grain Terminals, LLC. Correct. And they're owned by who? They're, they are uh, owned by, by, my understanding, uh, Dr. Michael Coleman owns 98%, and, and his son, John Coleman, who is the president and CEO of, of Express Grains, uh, I assume has the other 2%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and they in turn the they own the company and the company owns a couple of other smaller companies such as a biodiesel company. Yes, and, I, and I don't know the company. relative size of them, but they right. have a, they have a crushing mill. They have a yeah. They had a you know a big uh, uh, big ambitions, big uh, but big plans in the same business, which is all in the same business, which is basically buying the harvest from the farmers in the delta and either shipping it to to buy other buyers or processing it and then correct. selling that correct correct okay. and and they had they had a, a their own facilities that they would you know they would buy the grain and then they would uh enhance its value by you know uh, making soybean oil for mm -hmm. example uh, or you know, you know crushing it and for one purpose or another mm -hmm. uh and a biodiesel facility is one thing they used it for <clears throat> but that's not really germane to this litigation right uh the in they were having apparently having financial difficulty for several years uh that got worse and worse apparently and by the end of 2020 they really weren't they were unable to pay their farmers that had that had grain that they had sold their grain to them and were expecting a check and and they weren't paying them and okay so let me ask you let me interrupt you here so by the end of 2020 we had farmers who were not getting paid yes that's correct but let me finish the sure the narrative <clears throat> so uh one of the farmers uh, uh knew that the 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 commission of agriculture in mississippi his office is in charge of the licensing uh, of grain elevators. They have to, 
meet rigorous uh, financial requirements and they have to give sworn you know, uh, financial data to them and, uh, and, he, and have regulatory responsibility to see that they stay solvent. And uh, this farmer called the uh, Commissioner Gibson's office spoke to the chief investigator and said that I'm not getting paid and that I have friends up here that are not getting paid either. And, and uh, so the investigator said, well, we'll look into that right away. Did they? They did. Uh, and they, they, he called John Coleman. Uh, and John Coleman uh, uh, told him that we have no financial difficulty whatsoever. We're sound as a dollar. Said we we are we are late paying some of these farmers, but it's because our our our, our loan is being reworked. It's an, that time of year, and uh, the bank is just behind doing the paperwork. And but there's not it has nothing to do with our, with any sort of financial illiquidity or problems. We don't because we don't have any. We're sound as, as a dollar. But if you don't believe me, call the bank. And, uh, and so the investigator for the Commissioner Gibson said, uh, okay, I will. Said, who's your banker? What, what's the bank? Who, who is the loan officer in charge? And what is his direct telephone number? So uh, this person made the call. Uh, and the bank uh, essentially said exactly the same thing that John Coleman had said, that it was a, that, that, that they were sound, it had nothing to do with any sort of financial problems. They didn't have any financial problems. You know, we've got a problem with paperwork, getting it out the door here at the end of the year, and that's the only problem. Wow. Uh, bank, so, bank told that to the commissioner's To the Commission people. of Agriculture. Okay. Now, the Commission of Agriculture, we think, mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we'll say, uh, will we'll testify uh, that uh, if he had known uh, that that was a lie, uh, it, it, had he not been misinformed, uh, he would have uh, 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 immediately shut him down. If he had does, done that. Does he have the power to do that? Oh, yes. Okay. Could have suspended their license, and that would mm -hmm. have been it. They couldn't have taken any grain. And none, none of these farmers would have been in this trap. Uh, the farmers did get paid. It took a little while, but they got paid. But uh, at this time, they got paid because UMB Bank, we believe, UMB Bank knew that they were broke, knew that they could never pay the loan, knew that the loan was upside down. That is to say that, it, that a lot more was owed than could be and the then, si then there was any security for it. And for the listeners, the size of this loan was what seventy-one million dollars, over seventy million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, the uh, they continued to prop them up. They they uh, made several uh, amendments to the loan agreement in the in the following months, but they kept them. Prop Would those be called extensions? Well, uh, they they called them uh, reworking the loan, having but a new having a new interim loan, mm -hmm. and uh, it was uh, and they changed the terms of it. They took 
uh, short-term debt and made it long-term debt, and they forgave that uh, they said they didn't have to make payments to reduce the debt and things like that, kept them propped up in, in an artificial way, knowing that at the end of, you know, if they had closed them down when they knew to close them down, when you know, to not lend them anymore, uh, the grain elevators would be empty. But if they waited until the following September, the grain bins would be filled again uh, with with grain owned by farmers. But as soon as the grain enters the the warehouse and they sign a uh, what they call a you know a, a elevator ticket, it's really a contract and it, mm-hmm. it passes title to the elevator company and they claim and the bank claims the first lien on it. And uh, so the bank, the, which bank? UMB, UMB bank, not the okay. Not I'm not talking about the local bank. Right, gotcha. Yeah, they're in the same trouble that the. And we're going to get into, we're going to get into that. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's that's the case in a nutshell. They the during the course of the year, uh, the uh, uh, John Coleman uh, sent out. Uh, uh, email blasts to all the farmers that they'd ever had done any business with, uh, painting this rosy picture. And I've got one of them. Yeah. I posted one of them. Yeah. Well, one's in, in the spring and then one was, uh, weirdly, uh, sort of in a crazy way. The one I posted was two days for or so before they filed bankruptcy. It was all as well. We're getting new financing sources. Right. Keep those, keep those trucks running to the elevator. Yeah. Uh, and, but he also did the same thing in the spring. But they did something else. They hired people to go out. Uh, the one was a, one I know was a, was a uh, used car salesman. Uh, they, <laughs> they, 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 but he has a gift of gabs, a nice man. You understand why I'm laughing, right? Yeah, well, sure. Uh, but, heard, he's, but, he's, but I know this person, and he's a good person. And, right. And, but he's, uh, he's a natural salesman. And and he was and they they paid him on commission. Uh, uh, for every bushel of grain that comes in, you get you know X number of, of cents or or whatever it was uh, percentage. So he went out and hustled. So he went out and hustled. They went they went and they they had a a program that they would you know they exactly what to say that they had a bullet point thing they'd show him on the laptop and how financially sound they were he was told to tell them that they were financially sound uh all the time that they were just barely they were holding on at the forbearance uh, of of uh of this bank and they had no hopes of paying it back and they, all they had to do they had hopes of filling those elevators up and and letting that money go towards paying their debt and and getting rid of the Farmers well, it bankers. sounds like it's a classic case of you're in over your head and you really don't know what to do and don't really have any real options. Yeah, that that's, are good. that's right. And, and, and banks and, and the bank knew that and the bank knew their financial what, condition, had to know their financial condition. And they allowed them to to go out and fill these grains, fill these these uh, elevators filled with with somebody else's grain belonging to the farmers. And then they declared bankruptcy and said, hey, we've got a first lien on that. Too bad, farmers. And when the bank does you a favor, the bank always wins. Bank's not going to win this time. No, I mean, but when the bank normally does you a favor, uh, it's like playing against the house in the casino. No, they're going to win. That's right. 
That's right. The, they were. And uh, then here they. For, they we we they, understand. I don't know if it's it's so, and I've not seen a transcript that one of their attorneys at one of the bankruptcy hearings recently uh, stated that we waited until the grain elevator was full before we snapped the pulled the trap shut, or before we took action, as he said. I bet he doesn't say that again. He's probably <laughs> probably floating in the Missouri River or wherever he is. Well, let's just say uh, he won't be using his frequent flyer mouse to Jackson anytime soon, <laughs> probably. Right. But I want folks to understand that, that they were saying in court, hey, yeah, we knew we were kind of waiting until they filled up the harvest before we came in there. If it's true, if it's true, if it's true that he said that, it's it's breathtaking. It's a breathtaking. And I'm confession. sure everybody's gonna get a transcript. Uh, well, we've ordered one. I might be seeing one too. <laughs> I love to get transcripts. Um, just wow. I mean, so how many farmers are we talking about here? The 317 farmers that we know about. We we have a we filed a class action uh, that's mm-hmm. pending in Judge Wingate's court that. Uh, 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 for the, that was the first suit filed. It mm-hmm. covers everybody. There, uh, we we represent a lot of these farmers individually. About well, about I think about seventy now. Okay, uh, it, it's it's grown. It grows by the day. Uh, and about how much loss are we talking? I've I've read the bankruptcy papers. I've written about it, but how much loss are we really talking about among these farmers? I think we're looking at a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And you have to understand what a hundred million dollars taken out of uh, the small communities like Lexington and, and, and Ruleville and Charleston, Mississippi. I mean, Greenville, Greenwood, all of them. It's Belzoni. Greenwood, Belzoni, Indianola, Isola, Houston, Mm -hmm. Vardaman, these little towns that, uh, that you wouldn't think, but they are, uh, they bring their grain all the way to Greenwood to sell it. And, of course, they were offering premium prices. I won't ask you about that. One source had told me they were one reason they got in trouble was they were essentially trying to buy the market. They were offering better pricing than their – much better pricing than their competitors were, like – 25, 30, 40%. Uh, well, sure. That's if, well, I mean, what, what exactly were they doing? If you're not intending to pay for it. Uh, okay. You can, you know, I'll, I'll give you a million dollars for that uh, car you drove from Jackson up here for. But uh, can it, you give us some detail? Like, how much over the market were they usually paying? I, I uh, don't know. Enough of a premium to attract farmers. Okay. Yeah. And they were trying to, like I said, they were paying over. When the farmers last December, okay, the late payments took place. Did any of them raise flags with their with the farming community up there or up here? So, yes. Did they it, tell it, people, it, "Hey, it, look, it, well, y'all need to be careful because we just got taken here for a ride." That that happened to some people, and 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 it just those, didn't get around. None of those people. I mean. It didn't get around. Okay. It, 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 it did, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that wish that it had gotten around, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but those that, that last year had what they think is a close call, and it probably was a close call, uh, they, most of them did not go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, they sold the line that it was just a 
look, we, you know, they just took dealing with this dadgum bank took forever, but we've now got everything, you know, restructured and run. Well, you've read the the, the emails that, that I've John read Coleman sent out. So, oh yeah, and and people, you know, people people believe you a lot. I mean, people just because it's you know implausible, maybe people believe you. Well. What I've discovered in covering fraud cases, bankruptcies on my website has been it's never the jerk or the SOB or the abrupt guy, the guy with New York manners who rips off everybody in town. It's always the guy you've known forever, the family member, the longtime friend, the guy you went to church with forever. It's the guy that you naturally lower your guard down. That's correct. I've known him forever. We've known these people. I know his family. Right. No, that's exactly, and that's that's exactly right. Sounds like the same case here. Now, when I'm saying these guys committed fraud, I mean, we have to go through the whole process. But but let me let me make one thing clear. You know what I'm saying. I do. I do. Let me make one thing clear. The fraud that we're interested in, mm-hmm. that I'm interested in particularly, and the lawyers that are working with me are interested in, is the fraud committed by this bank. Correct. Uh, the I mean the Coleman's are I mean Express Grains is insolvent it's it's in bankruptcy there's no it doesn't make any difference whether they're fraudulent but the, but or not but the two are so they're pretty intertwined I beg your pardon but the two are the bank and Express Grain well, I mean they're yeah, pretty absolutely intertwined, well yeah. that's right the uh, the the question is what did the bank know or should have known mm-hmm. how could they make a seventy five million dollar loan that they reworked three or maybe four times in 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 in, 19, in 2021 mm-hmm. you know i think it's four times that they, they they had major reworkings of the loan they had to have known everything they knew this loan was in trouble mm-hmm. and and they would have had to watch and they knew everything about their business activities mm-hmm. and they knew that they were out saying they were solvent they knew that they were out giving premium prices they knew they were out with with car salesmen and, and other salesmen out hawking uh express grains as having a better deal and come with us and 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 a lot of people of fell for it and, and i'm not blaming the, the let me tell you something i'm not blaming their salesman the one i've talked to particularly uh he had no idea i've been in that situation where you're being you got a company going under and you're being told one set of facts by them and you're giving your marching orders to go out there on the street. Right. And when you find out it's not true, yeah. then you have to make a choice. Do I quit or do I keep on doing this? Right, right. You know, well. one question a lot of my readers have had is, okay, you ship all your harvest to the grain elevator. But they're not paying you right away. They're paying you later. They, well, they, they, sometimes they pay you right away. What standard practice? Standard practice... Um, most farmers like to price their own grain. If they think the market is going to go up, they will they will sell it to the grain elevator. Then it's the grain elevator has ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a but they'll say I'll set the strike price. Uh, strike price being being the, you know the board of, Chicago Board of Trade price what it sells for what you can read in the mm-hmm. paper that that soybeans sell for that day. 
when it gets to that price, sell it. And they are, and they will have part of their little contract will be that 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 the grain elevator, depending on how bad they want the grain, and if they've got a market for, like if they're going to sell it to some dog food company. So if you think you can get a, a better premium, price, it could be that we, that you know you sell it for whatever you want to, you, you know you, you call it and we'll sell it that instant for right. whatever we get from the Chicago Board of Trade, and we'll pay you fifty cents right. or, or sixty two cents. It, a lot of times, though, it's most of the time is, and and we will deduct sixty five cents mm-hmm. for our, that will be our profit, right? And for handling the grain for you, and so if they think the price is going down, they'll go ahead and cash out right there on the spot. If they think it's right. going to go up, they can get a better deal in a week or two. They'll they'll, they'll let it ride. That they'll let it ride, and and of course, and that's common practice in okay. the agriculture industry. And so they they knew, the bank knew. Uh, just like the Coleman's knew that that they knew they had a window that that that, that, that they had a window that they would be that there would be millions of, of bushels of grain in that facility uh, that uh, had not been paid for. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. Speaking of banks, let's go in the other direction. I don't think a lot of people realize this, which is a lot of these farmers they don't get paid either until they sell their crop. Well, they still have expenses during the year cost. So while they're planting, harvesting and all that and waiting for it to grow. So a lot of them go to their local banks. And what type of loan do you call that when they borrow against the harvest? Well, it's a crop loan. Crop loan, okay. Make a, you, they make a crop loan. And that's, that's, been, that's been the standard that's practice a long time. in the South really since the Civil War. After the Civil War, oh, yeah. The, there was no capital, mm-hmm. you know. The, the 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 nobody had any money, and and the the so they, it had to be borrowed if they were going to have a crop, and they borrowed from mostly Yankee banks at first, and and the, they and were the only until, banks uh, until the local banks got on, back on their feet. Yep. But the the the, the farmer uh, borrowed from the from the the. Uh, uh, bank and and he makes his crop at the end of the crop year he pays it back Mm -hmm. you know there's an old johnny cash song called picking time yeah you know last sunday morning they passed the hat still nearly empty back where i sat but (laughs) but the preacher just smiled and said that's fine said the lord will wait till picking time (laughs) and and and, you know in other words they they paid their tithes at the church yeah Uh, you know in picking time they I mean, you have a whole off. culture or community that so, de- developed around this. Yes, that, that's exactly right. And it's and there are a few farmers who have been blessed and are prosperous enough to that they don't have to have a loan. They farm on mm-hmm. their own, but they are in a minority. I, I, I some of them, are, some of those are our clients. I understand? And, and but the majority of our clients have bank loans. So these banks are looking at taking a bath too, correct? That's correct. And so how many banks are we probably, oh, just rough estimate. I, I, I know it's going to change. I know of six. Mm-hmm. I'd, I don't want to call any of the names. I understand. I'm not asking yeah. you to. Yeah. But, but, but you could guess. I mean, but know, I can look through, knowing where we are. I can look through that 1,400 entry docket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, that docket, I mean, that's things, that docket is spreading like COVID. I mean, every day there's like 100 new entries. <laughs> That's right. And it's like, whoa. And, and 
you should know, I think you'd, it'd be interesting to your readers to know mm-hmm. that, that Commissioner Gibson, uh, I spoke to him uh, yesterday, and uh, uh, Commissioner Gibson has intervened in the bankruptcy proceedings. Right, he has. On behalf of these banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are to, well, of course, it's in, directly, in, in, it helps the farmer as well because the farmer is going to be called upon to pay these loans uh, with nothing to pay them with. Uh, and we know what happens there. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, uh, how, and how how much? Okay, you know you said six banks, but do you have an idea how much those actual loans are from those banks, roughly? Or I, I don't. I assume it's not the full. You assume know, we eventually will, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. A, uh, I'm sure. It, my guess would be that it would be seventy five percent of the yeah. of the uh, of the loss. I've which had would a couple. Be, would be a loss to the bank, and eventually, still back to the farmer. You know, he's going to have to contend with that. But those banks. You're talking about small communities for the most part. A lot of. Let me tell you something. I mean, I have had, me one, I've had one attorney tell me we're talking about really over two hundred million dollars. He thinks it'll be over two hundred million dollars, and even if it's just one fifty, that is a huge hit to the delta. Huge. It is an enormous hit. You're talking about your productive and, and class. And let me tell you, these are the people. These people, these farmers, farm families. They're the leaders in their communities. They're the leaders in their churches they're the leaders in the little civic clubs and they're your productive class right they they are the backbone of these communities mm-hmm. and and it's going when they suffer i had a uh, uh, a lady uh, call me yesterday and just i just a newer friend of mine and she has a little small business here in lexington and she said i'm already being affected by it you know, these are my customers. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are not seed and feed stores. I mean, the, the seed and feed stores are going to take a huge hit. Uh, the 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 people that sell farm equipment are going to take a big hit. Uh, but uh, so is the little guy that has a, you know, that has a hardware store or has a has a beauty shop for that mm-hmm. matter. I mean, everybody is going to be affected. This is oh yeah. This is like. Sucking the lifeblood well, out. It's of like these. I grew up in Baton Rouge when the oil bust hit. You saw restaurants going out of nice restaurants going out of business. I mean, flower shops. I mean, I worked at the grocery store in high school, and it was amazing how many people we had coming to work there who were business owners and now just needed money somewhere somehow. That's right. Because they had lost their business because of the oil bust. Right. I mean, it happened. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um, I talked to the commissioner about this once. He had told me one thing that they had done was he said they submitted their audited financials every year like they were required by law. And they had their insurance, which I think was either a million, million and a quarter they're supposed to have. So they had their insurance in place. And there's an argument right now, are the insurance limits too low? Should they be higher? Well, clearly they are. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we haven't had it happen in this state, but you look around the country. They had a big one in Minnesota a few years ago. There have been some others around the country where these elevators go under, and then everybody's left holding the bag when they go under. But this is going to be a pretty big one. But he also said they did something rather interesting, which was their fiscal year ran from January to December, which is standard practice. Then this past year, near the end of the year, they changed it to where it was like the state fiscal year, which is, I think, you know, July to June. So they didn't have to provide their audited 
to the state until midsummer or so, or whatever the deadline is for that. In fact, it gave them another half a year at least to have to submit their financials to the state. You know, so there's a question about that. What were they doing? Why did they change their financial reporting period? You see right. where I'm going with this? I mean, it's yeah, it, it's, ra it's rather interesting. It is rather interesting. And this way, I, I can tell you this, mm -hmm. that we've, we've put a group together. That, that other, it's not just my law firm. Uh, and the, I have great young lawyers in my firm. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've got, we've put together a group, a group of us who are interested in this litigation and had some clients have come together and are working the cases together. Uh, uh, Charlie Merkle, Merkel and Cock mm -hmm. uh, in Clarksdale. He's one of the premier lawyers in the, in the, in the, certainly in the state of Mississippi and maybe elsewhere. Uh, Mike Lewis, uh, Lewis and Lewis in Oxford. Mike's a really smart guy. He was uh, one of the one of the brains behind the tobacco litigation mm -hmm. and and, and the, the the theory that we pursued when we I was involved in that as well. Um, and then the uh, and some excellent firms mm -hmm. and uh, and then the the Cuneo Gilbert uh, firm out of Washington Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, they are really 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 smart lawyers, national reputation, mm -hmm. and uh, together, we, what we do on these big cases, we form a, we call it a virtual law firm. Right. But we, for, for purposes of this case, we are one law firm. Right. You know, uh, Charlie Merkel can call my paralegal and say, do this, I need you to get this done by tomorrow, mm -hmm. whatever, and she'll do it. And, and there, I, there's so many parties in this case, you almost have to because if you didn't, it'd be chaos. Uh, well, it's, or anarchy. It, it, it's it, it, somewhat. The, the, the real advantage to us is mm -hmm. it gives us the, the the body count that we need. If they, you know, they, these big firms and big big people that get sued like to bludgeon you to death, to run you out of the courtroom, oh, money, yeah. to money whip you, and they can't money whip us. Yeah. And 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 they can't. And and we've got enough. We've put together enough really top lawyers that we can match them in any courtroom in the country. And so, but that's, th these, uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, that, uh, that when I say we're gonna get them, I mean, we're all, all four of our firms are working together. Do you know of any criminal investigations into this? Um, no, okay. I do not, no, no, I do not know. Okay, okay, one thing, I've had some, there's one f little f something came up in this whole bankruptcy deal where my understanding, what I've been told is the banks, the bank was actually, say you had a contract with Express Grain. You haven't shipped your crop yet, but you've seen the bankruptcy filings. You know what's happened. You know that if you ship them your grain or your soybeans, you're not getting paid. So guess what you do? what you should do, which is go somewhere else, take your grain, take your crop and go somewhere else to get paid where you're going to get paid. Right. The bank from what I understand, but you had a contract with express grain that from, from what I understand, the bank has been trying to enforce those contracts and make them ship the grains right. the crops to them, knowing you're not going to get paid, but trying to enforce that contract. Well, it's anyway. even worse than that. 
It's even worse than that. The, the, and folks, listen to this. The bankruptcy court is allowing uh, the, the bankrupt to choose which of these contracts they want. In other words, if, it, if, the, if the contract is, say, for $15 soybeans mm -hmm. and the market is now under that, they can ignore those contracts that they have, but, but they will take a contract for $8.00 that was made earlier in the year right and they can do they're allowing them to, to take the the winners right and and to dump the losers right but what i'm saying is if you have a cot they're trying to force you to ship it anyway knowing you're not going to get paid for it that's right now you're exactly my understanding right. was the judge didn't go for that is that i mean what's happened on that front or uh, are they decided yet I, that is they've argued that i don't think there's been a decision i don't know okay and what exactly? I mean, it, what I what they've been making them do is enforce. Mm. They've been enforcing those contracts. Wow. And but they but they and, and but what I <laughs> my point is it's worse than that. They're enforcing the contracts, but they're allowing the express grain to throw out the contracts where they where they would now be losing money on. Right. Them because the market changes from day to day. Right. And 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 farmers during the course of a summer of a crop season they will book i'll book a thousand bushels today for eight dollars next week it goes to you know nine dollars and and they say well, I'll, I'll book two two thousand bushels now and they have to fill all those contracts if they don't they have to pay the whatever damages if they don't have enough you know right but uh so basically if it's a contract that they don't have that they don't have to pay out they'll take the they'll enforce the contract if it's a contract they do have to pay out they ignore it right got it wow <laughs> now that, that's the reason but 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 remember mm -hmm. my clients wouldn't be in this position mm -hmm. they wouldn't be in that horrible bankruptcy position mm -hmm. uh, uh, if uh, the UMB bank had done its job. Correct. And if UMB Bank hadn't lied to the regulator. Mm-hmm. Now... That is a material lie. What... There's a dispute right now over who should run Express Grain. A trustee, a receiver, can you explain that a little bit? What's been going on in court? Well... I know uh, there's been a dispute over that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm really not the person to answer that. I've encouraged all of my clients to, to get... But but who okay bankrupt separate bankruptcy who, advice who's running that who's running that company right now is it the Coleman's a receiver or a trustee the what? Coleman's are not running it the, okay so who the, is or the, what is the, the a, a receiver was running it okay and but want, we don't have they a, want to appoint they're they're having a dispute about who to appoint to to be in charge of it. right so we have a receiver but not a trustee right correct and that's right. what the, we're having a dispute over correct that's right now moving on a little bit because we're almost through. Because I'm not a billable hour. Um, I've had several. I have very few billable hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I have several readers. They've made comments on my website. And it goes along these lines, which is, look, these farmers, they're playing the subsidy game with D.C., with Washington. And they get all these subsidies that we pay for. And they're rolling in dough. And then. That's a foolish. Blah, blah, blah. Well, those people are just mistaken. There's and you've all, seen them. There, there's always a class of people who's envious or. Mm -hmm. uh, or uh, is uh, Describe your average client here. My average client is a hardworking family man. Mm -hmm. uh, he's married and he's got three children. Uh, uh, he could be any age, but, but the average one, you know, is in his 40s. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he works <clears throat> works 12 and 14 hour days. Uh, he's he he bets his he bets his future livelihood every year that he's going to make a crop. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he has a disaster one year, it could put him out of business. Uh, if if he's lucky, if he's lucky, he'll make enough uh, profit to for his family to live on and do it again next year. Mm-hmm. There are very few very few farmers that get rich farming mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they if, if they the ones that really do well do really well because they work really hard and and the idea that they they live on subsidies that's absurd it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a false statement uh, the uh, uh, it's important in this country, the, the government has recognized that it's important that we have a, an uh, agriculture that works, that we don't have to buy our soybeans from China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't have to buy our corn from Russia. Uh, how do you think that's going to work out, you know, when the Russians go rolling into the Ukraine or when the Chinese get ready to... Uh, tell us they're going to take Taiwan, and and by the way, we you, you're going to starve to death if you do try to do anything about it. So it's in our strategic uh, national mm-hmm. purpose to have a strong farming sector, and the and the country does, you know, they support that to some degree. But these farmers make it because they make it on their own. How many of the farmers, if because right now they're unsecured creditors for the most part, in the bankruptcy. They, even if they got pennies on the dollar, how many of them probably would be wiped out by the loss of this crop? Would you? Oh, I would say that... Just a rough estimate. Oh, no, I, no I, I would say that of the ones... I think I, we represent a good cross-section, small mm-hmm. farmers, young farmers, wealthier and, and older. It's, and I would say that... Uh, Absent some success that we're going to have mm-hmm. uh, against the bank, uh, that what they'll get out of the bankruptcy, that at least half of them will be forced out of business. Wow! Uh, and the others will suffer. Will, will it'll take them years to recover? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a crop disaster. Like you know. Wow! Uh, it, it's a. It, it is a. It's a real tragedy. I've had. Mm-hmm. I've had farmers sit at my desk. Uh, and, and cry and weep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are strong, tough guys. They're not crybabies. They've yeah. served their country in the military. Uh, uh, they're not, they're not they've done what they're supposed to do. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've had uh, a couple of them uh, tell me that they've contemplated suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're telling me that, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm yeah. sure that... I get I'm it. Sure, they are. It's a. It's it, this is this is the worst thing that's happened in the Mississippi Delta in a long time. Mm-hmm. But there's there's hope. Last question. What's the one I should have? What's the question I should have asked? <laughs> you've been pretty thorough. I think you've asked. You, feel uh, free. Don't don't swear my feelings. No, yeah, you. I, I can't think of a thing that 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 you should have asked that you haven't, except ask me to come back in a couple of months, maybe, and I'll. Oh, um, that's I'll, that's I'll, that's I'll coming. I can assure you. I mean, this this case is not going away. Um, one thing I've noticed. I mean, this is a, apparently going to. This is probably 
almost surely going to be a grinded out process. I mean, they're going to try to tie up, look at the Lamar Adams case. Three, I mean, we're three years later in court with the receiver, SEC receiver, trying to recover. And it's a, it's a slog. You know, there's thing people don't realize is they're going to – there's going to be a lot of farmers taking some hits here, and then we're going to wrap it up. Delbert was on yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry, the Lieutenant Governor was on Gallo yesterday or today or one of their shows. What fixes in the law could help mitigate some of this? Well, uh, I wouldn't uh, – I'm a great – supporter of, of, of Delbert Hoseman. I think he's one of, he's an old time uh, public servant. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the way I used to think about Sonny Meredith back in the day. That, that, a patrician that, in the true sense. Uh, that, that, that he is a right, that he, he's, he's in, he took the job because he thought he could be of help. Mm-hmm. And, and he, I, so I'm, I'm a great fan of Delbert Hoseman. Uh, the, I, I wouldn't, uh, pretend to to try to tell him what to do. He's a, he's a master at, at but is there knowing, any, le- any, okay. knowing legislative solutions and so forth. You know, I think clearly uh, that I'm sure that they're looking at this, uh, but uh, to require m- more insurance, uh, to re- uh, you know, uh, banks are uh, federally insured banks. You know, because people were scared. It was hurting the economy for these banks to fold. Well, it hurts the economy for a grain elevator to fold, too. So, so they, they put these banks on, they gave strict regulations that they have to abide by. And But if they do fail, uh, and they don't fail as much because of these regulations, uh, capital requirements and so forth, but if, if, if a bank does fail, then the depositor is safe. Where back in all throughout recorded mm-hmm. history, he lost everything, mm-hmm. and uh, so that may be something that they would think about doing, or uh, uh, in some way strengthening the ability of giving the uh, Andy Gibson more resources to to be able to uh, have more effective oversight. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I sure don't fault Andy Gibson. I think he's done a good job. And like like he told me, they they were submitting their financials like they were supposed to. I mean, yeah. you see the audit financials. And the financial are, and, and let me one let me tell think, you one thing we're looking at. I think Horn was doing their financials, if I'm not mistaken. Let, let me tell you one thing we're looking mm-hmm. at. Uh, the 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 financial companies have to. I mean, the the auditing companies have to submit audits under oath. Correct. Uh, we're looking very closely at at what they did. Right. Uh, and if to see if 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 red flags were there that should have been raised, uh, and uh, if they weren't, if 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 they have acted with negligence or gross negligence or any any mm-hmm. any any uh, accounting firm that may be involved, they're going to have to answer for it. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much for having us up here and. Okay, folks, you just heard it straight from the horse's mouth, and we will talk to you guys later. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Guns and Gear. Don't be that guy who shows up to the deer camp with a jammed up gun because it hasn't been cleaned. Guns and Gear in Gluckstadt has a full service gunsmith on site who can clean, repair, or refurbish any gun. 
Guns and Gear offers barrel threading, custom gun builds, and Cerakote from single color to custom patterns that will transform your gun to look like it came right out of a movie. Give your gun new life. Guns and Gear, located on the corner of Yandale Road and Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. Follow them on Facebook for daily deals. You've been listening to the Jambalaya with the Kingfish. Tune in next week for a new episode.